All right, hey, it's your man DJ Seiko, part of the Fly Guy. What's up, Fly Guy? What's your name, brother? Uh, Fly Guy number number two, <laughs> Bert here. Okay, okay. Seiko, tell them why we call ourselves the Fly Guys, man. Because we do everything on the fly, and we do it in such a fly manner. <laughs> All right, so we have a ten-minute phone call or oh, a three-second text. Hey, Bert, let's do this. All right, well, today we wanted to talk about the concept of a conscious consumer and how a conscious consumer would deal with Christmas. And I was just having a conversation with my wife, and my wife grew up in a home where they had a really big Christmas. They spent a lot of money on gifts. They would go home to home and give gifts, and um, that was Christmas joy to them. And uh, she and I have always had a little bit of the challenge when it came down to holiday spending, holiday gift giving, and uh, as she just put it, I don't want anybody messing with my Christmas. <laughs> um, I always thought that was a really interesting viewpoint, and I've become more of a conscious consumer where I'm really thinking about the resources that I utilize, the money that I spend, and how it impacts the community that I'm a part of, the community that I want to improve, and how it impacts the world. So, Bert and I had this conversation about how we can deal with being a conscious consumer and handling Christmas. So, uh, we have Miko on the line, we have Lady Sheena on the line, we have the G family on the line. Bert, let's go to you very quickly, man. Um, and then we can just get everybody else to jump in, whatever. How does your family, you know, your your wife's a Jehovah Witness, right, Bert? Yeah. Yes, yeah, she is. How does her Christmas celebration and your celebration, how does it merge together or how does it clash? Well, there is no celebration. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. There is no celebration. I mean, I grew up celebrating Christmas. Um Somewhere along the lines, it, as we became adults, I'm the oldest of five, as we became adults, it just kind of faded, I guess. It wasn't a big deal like when we were children. And so as I began to become more conscious about the story of Christmas, it celebrating it, it became even more distant. And just the mere fact that my wife was a witness and she didn't celebrate, I guess it made it easier for me to make the decision of, of not celebrating. So that, that's pretty much it. Uh, what about you, Lady G? Uh, you said that one of your children just became a Hebrew Israelite. How does that impact your celebration? Well, she's not around much, um, her and her son. So it creates a little bit of sadness. Um, and the one thing that I've tried to talk to her about is not allowing religion to separate us as family. Um, but so it's just kind of like figuring out how to do it differently or maybe how to, um, kind of embrace, they celebrate, I guess, Kwanzaa and, um, just trying to figure out how to maybe, you know, have our own beliefs, but yet not be separated. So that's kind of the challenge this year, trying to figure out how to keep us together as a family while we still respect each other's opinions and beliefs. It's different because we usually are always together. Mm. Mommy works. You want to jump in? I don't know. I guess I'm kind of 
I'm not I'm not even sure where I fit in with it because I'm like I'm Christian I'd be probably considered fundamentalist but I don't tend to do a lot of commercial things I mean it's kind of like it's what it is like I was completely out of the loop I, I didn't even realize Christmas was next week <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like putting my stuff together, like daycare stuff. I'm like, all right, you know, baby's birthday is next week, such and such and such. I got my holidays coming up. Y'all just remember, y'all ain't coming on these days. But I was just, I totally forgot it was next week. I mean, like my kids and I, we're not as strict, I guess, as we were before. I mean, we, we kind of understand how things are going. But with it, like, I will sit back. And when we go through why we do it, because, I mean, because we'll celebrate all year long, pretty much, the purpose of it. But we will actually sit through, like, last year, I think, um, when we went through the birth story, I met, we went verse by verse. And I would quiz them. And I'm like, okay, why do you think this happened? Why did this happen? historically this happened at this time and back up your answers with your verses you know but as far as buying stuff it, it doesn't happen i'm like hey y'all needed stuff Merry Christmas, here we go. um <laughs> I, I get what they need you know sometimes they'll get stuff and i i almost feel bad because they'll, they'll get like these gift cards and like four or five months later my parents were like, well, did you use this? And like, use what? And like, the gift cards we gave you for Christmas. So I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. We're on our way to use them now. And it's May, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll talk. It's, we, we're just not big on commercial things. I mean, I don't even think we've watched television in the last month. I mean, we, we watch videos, but for the most part, they don't see, like, the commercials and stuff. And they're here, so they don't even get hyped up about what they're getting or not getting. Wow. I, that, that's I tell you what that's alien to my household. My, <laughs> my kids and my wife has you know the, the popcorn and the the candy and the hot chocolate out and they're watching Rudolph and I, I kind of feel like the alien because I'm looking at them like eh, I'm not that demographic. <laughs> Mr. G, the concept of uh, Christmas how how do you celebrate it now? Because it's about spreading love. That's the main thing. You know, Christmas about the kids and everybody be joyful for him and love for one another. You know, we know everything is commercial, but you know the truth of Christmas is all about. I don't try to stress a lie or whatever. I just try to let the kids know it's all about love. Well, the concept of a conscious consumer, um, Bert, you want to expound upon that concept? Well, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, to, to comment on Gervin's statement. Because uh, it really it really resonated with me on how, um, from a religious standpoint, how how religion actually scares me. And the reason I say religion scares me is because exactly what Gervin said was I find that it it tends to separate us. I remember my uncle had came back just off topic real quick. My uncle came back from from the Middle East. He was working over there. And he happened to be in Hampton Roads. We had some other family members there. And he called us all and said, hey, look, I'm in town. want to throw some food on the grill. We all can come together and have a conversation. And so um, and my cousin was there. He's a practicing Orthodox Muslim. Um, you know, I had other family members that were Christian. You know, me, I'm kind of. I'm kind of lost when it comes to religion right now. <laughs> You're not <And> lost. So, 
And so it was a conversation. I brought up the conversation like, this is really amazing. We all are, uh, you know, we all were, we all were born, pretty much born in the, in the same nest, in the same community, in the same neighborhood. But then we started to pick up different ideologies and different ideals, different religions. And then we started to pull apart and kind of stay in our separate corners. And that really, 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 really scares me. And I think to me, that's really dangerous. So I just wanted to comment on that really, really quickly. Um, um, and I don't, I, I, didn't, I don't know if anyone wanted to expound on that before I started talking about conscious consumerism. You know what? I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lady Um, Yeah, this is Sheena. Oh, okay. Oh, I forgot about Sheena in the house. <laughs> What's up, girl? Nothing much. Um, actually, I have a similar situation to Garmin's. Um, when my parents were young, they were they all converted to being Jehovah's Witnesses, and but my uncle, one of my uncles, didn't. And then it, you know, as time went on, my aunt stayed, but my parents did not stay, and I'm experiencing. A uh, similar situation to what I mean, where it the friction in the religion it pulls the family apart because I have family members that don't spend time with each other, even though they grew up together, they they hung out and and had fun together when they were young, mm-hmm. but now because a portion of them are no longer Jehovah's Witnesses, they feel that they can't be in the same place. Because they're no longer practicing Jehovah's Witnesses, so it's it's a little frustrating. Um, the pressure that religion can put on a family, because I think people put their beliefs before their loved ones. Ooh. Ooh. Because at the end of the day, your sister is still your sister, no matter what she believes. At the end of the day, you know your brother is still your brother, no matter what your brother believes. I could care less. You know what I'm saying? Um, my brother got really big in the church, and I see that as a blessing because it got him to stop drinking. So I care less. <laughs> I'm not, not going to go to church with him, okay. but I understand the importance um, that that certain things can play, but I think people forget the importance of their family and mm-hmm. forget to put your family before your beliefs and then in their zeal to be seen as someone who is an adept practitioner, they move away from those people who by nature are tied to you. And those are your loved ones, your families, your cousins, those people that are down for you, no matter what, you know, even if you walk out of your house with mishmash clothes, (laughs) (laughs) which I've done. (laughs) That that's that's a really interesting point. So, Jer, I mean, uh, Sheena, what what is your uh, religious or spiritual walk? Um, for me, I'm a spiritual person. When I was younger, I studied a lot of the different spiritual vibrations, and I realized that they all pretty much say the same thing: love yourself, love your family, love your community, love your society. Pick the vibration of the earth that works for you and walk your own path. You know, it's not good to steal from people. It's, you know, lying's not a good thing. <laughs> they all say the same thing. So it's all really, okay, well, what vibration works for you? And that's what you do. But you can't say to someone, oh, well, you're wrong. Well, that's not that vibration for them. You can't tell them that they're wrong. 
And I think that uh, one of the things um, that causes religion to scare me is because it forgets the plurality of vibrations. It wow. forgets that there is not a state of being on this planet. That there are so many states of being on this planet that man has forgot how many states of being that man has created. And so for me, I like to enjoy and get to know all the different vibrations and to talk and have good conversations with people. And me personally, I'm just spiritual. I'm just a spiritual person. And when it comes to the holidays, I celebrate for the joy of spending time with my family. I love to have all of my little nieces and nephews come in my house and be loud and obnoxious (laughs) and make a mess. You know what I'm saying? For all of us to chat and to, you know what I'm saying? That's what I like because I don't see it. I've read and know what the intention was. But I also know that I'm capable of creating my own experience. So I just make it what I want it to be. And so if I want to have a day where my whole family is off and I want to go in the kitchen and cook for them, then that's what I do. I don't care what you call it, but I'm still going to spend time with my people. If I have a day where, you know, my family comes over and I decorate my house and we exchange gifts, to me, I'm celebrating my family and the fact that I'm blessed, you know what I'm saying, to be able to fill a whole house with people who know me and love me. Interesting. Okay. So with that being said, Bert, man, uh, let's go into the uh, conscious consumerism, and then let's then bring it back to Christmas. Okay, so we're talking in the sense of, when you say conscious consumerism, expound on that a little bit. Is it, is it in the... In the, in the um, Group economics, collective, cooperative economics? I believe so, and that was nice how you threw it back on me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you saw, yeah, we we all picked up on that. That wasn't slick. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the conscious consumerism is as we're growing, and you know, all of us on this call have grown in our consciousness, our awareness of how. Each of our acts impacts our environment. Okay, so the money that I spent at Toys R Us impacts my environment. The money that I spent um, shopping for clothes, interestingly enough, I spoke with someone yesterday and he said that uh, black people buy Jack. It was jewelry, alcohol, and the sea were clothing. He said, we spend most of our money on Jack. Um, I, I wanted to come up with a K. I can't figure out what the K might be. Uh, anyway, um, as we become more consumer or, I mean, conscious of our spending habits and how our spending impacts our community, that's the conscious consumerism. All of us aren't at the same level of being conscious as a consumer, but I think all of us are growing in that direction. And so the question then is, if we're becoming more aware of how our buying habits impacts our community, how does that impact our holiday shopping? Does that answer your question, Bert? No, but I'm going to take a stab at it anyway. All right. <laughs> take the stab, good brother. 
So, so in Military Circle Mall, there's a new um, store called Toyco, right? Okay. And okay. so the language that sp- people speak around the holidays is they want to purchase gifts for the children. They want to purchase toys. And so um, I've always heard a statement that I – mean, I remember hearing a statement that says, if you speak to a person in a language that they understand, it goes to their head. But if you speak to a person in a language that they already understand, so people are going to spend money around the holidays, specifically Christmas. They're going to buy gifts for other, for other indiv- individuals. So whether I speak that language or not, they're going to spend. Where they spend, though, can make a difference. And I'm going to speak from my perspective because I've been in this space for a while. So if I go into Toys R Us and I spend money, there really isn't any connection between Toys R Us and myself other than the fact that I'm spending money to purchase something that I know that someone that I care about or want to share that gift with likes. But when I spend that money at Toyco, which is African-American owned or black owned or indigenous owned, whatever label you choose to use, there is, there is, there is a connection between myself and the business owner, because I know that business owner is a, is a person or an entity that reinvests into the communities that I care about, into the communities that I'm a part of, um, with the organizations that, that I also care about. And then I can also go back to them. And it's not a corporate conversation. There isn't so many different levels of bureaucracy. I can go directly to the owners and... And, and, and make a petition. For example, there's an organization called uh, Hood um, that Megan is a part of. Megan um, is really supportive. She usually comes out to the film screenings. All right. And is Hood? So, huh? H-O-O-D? Yeah, yeah. All right. And so, you know, she reached out to me like, hey, look, we, we're gathering food for um, on behalf of Hood so that we can distribute it to those that don't have. And so it's easy for me to go to Toyco and say, hey, look, I spent X amount of dollars with you. I would like to know if you'd be willing to, you know, to contribute some canned goods or some kind of monetary donation so that I can share it with Hood. Hmm. There is that exchange, that feel-good exchange, not just me feeling good that I'm buying a gift for someone I care about, but also that I'm buying a gift from, some, from a business that I care about who cares about me as well? And it's not just about dollars and cents. So that's your level of conscious consumerism around Christmas. All year. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, all year. All year. All year. Okay. Thank, thank you, Gurveen. That was good. That was good. Well, how, <laughs> how can you do that all year round? Just, I, I try to find... Whatever black businesses I can find on, you know, like I'll go online and um, just find black businesses. Like in Baltimore, there's a paper company called Freedom Paper. Okay. And they sell like toilet paper, paper towels, stuff like that. Um, it's a little expensive for me to buy because they're more commercial. But when I can, I'll buy my paper goods from them. I make sure I'm buying my hair products from a black owned company. Um, and if I go to the store to buy something, I'm going to buy a black product. When I go out to eat, I'm looking for black restaurants to go to. 
um, it's, it changes everything. I mean, I, I look, even if I just, somebody came to my door last Saturday, and I'm not, you know, like, this lady, she was, she was a black lady, she was selling me. I, I like my organic meat from <laughs> Trader Joe's, but she was telling me, she was out there making a hustle, I bought chicken. I don't want all that chicken, but I bought the chicken. <laughs> but it's, it's like, I mean, if you look for the opportunities, they're there. When we went to the farmer's market in Portsmouth, there was a lady selling soap. She was, I don't know what her nationality was, but her husband was black. I'm going to buy your soap and your lotion. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so if I get a, if I get a, it don't matter what type of wife you gonna buy from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I like I want to come over to your bookstore because you know, for me, it's you know, everybody want to talk about how we spend our money, but being conscious about it to me is finding every everything that I buy, finding an, uh, a person of color. That I can do that business with, even if they're not the owner of the business. Hmm. Own that support that way. And sometimes you get burned. I mean, like when I bought my car, um, I knew what kind of car I wanted. And I knew there wasn't a black dealership except for the Nissan one in Norfolk. Um, but I looked for the black salesman. So being conscious to me, a conscious consumer means everything that I go out to buy now. I look for either the person who's working or the person who owns it to be a person of color. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, Jervine was so gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hood. <laughs> look, when it comes to us realizing that we have our own power in our own hand, yeah, I'm, I'm gangster about that. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. wow. With that being said, um, I got two points. But my first is sometimes they will, and, and what I've what I've come across um, a lot is that somebody's gotten burned by somebody, mm. and in doing so, we got to remember there are there are folks that are going to try to get over everywhere. Um, like every, when I see people. And like um, one with Churchland Computers a couple of weeks ago. If y'all uh, get a chance to, if y'all need computer work, repair anything else like that, the black-owned store he just opened up in September. It's called um, what? Churchland Computers. Churchland. It's out in the Portsmouth. Churchland Computers. Um, I think his name is Terrell. 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 Um, but I had, I had, um, whenever I get a chance, and I've run into another small business owner, you know, that, you know, trying to get name out like, like that one, you know, I, I was like, you know, uh, we're trying to have meetings with you and network. We want to know what you do. And in August I had somebody come out and he was selling food. I was like, okay, well, you're the owner here, this, that, and the other. I'm like, you know, thinking I want to support here and I need this anyway, cause I, I could have this live to my daycare. You know, and he actually screwed me out of about $250, you know, and I'm like, I, I had to go about getting that out. But things like that, when you, you really get burned, have a tendency to sit in people's minds like, I can't do this no more. And Ooh. what I'm saying is like, like we, huh? 
Ooh, we have a tendency yeah. to talk about like the good and stuff. That, I mean, but there are some 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 hard bumps that's going to be, but you don't want to hold that across the whole community, you know. Mm-hmm. And as as I've read some of these conversations that we've had with a lot of stuff, um, with with just every, every topic basically, um, the biggest one is like black people tend to be very very forgiving towards everybody except themselves. Wow. You know, so I'm like, even if you come into uh, a situation like I did where somebody is actually ripping you off, I mean, you know, you go ahead and do what you need to do. But at the same time, don't hold that against the next business owner because just like if you're going from one relationship to the next or whatever, that person ain't had nothing to do with what just happened to you. So we're still wanting to uplift and we're not just going to be like, all right, I'm done. I tried it that one time or I tried to do it this way and I ain't going to do it no more. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Did you have something you want to say, Shana? Um, yeah, I um, have a similar experience to Gerbeen. Mm. And I started out with my hair care products. I'm like, I'm going to only buy the black owned hair care products. And um, I've watched uh, several uh, young ladies grow their business to now where they have shelf space on Target, Walmart, um, uh, Sally's, where before our women, they could, it was a struggle for them to get, um, to get space, you know, on these shelves. And so, I, like I try to find either a black product, a black uh, salesperson, um, but I don't compromise completely because I know my health is important. So I still look for the freshest food, but I do research, you know, on the state of the black farmer, and you know, kind of what would it take to be able to organize for there to be access of fresh food from black-owned vendors? Because when I go into multinational grocery stores, that's who they're buying from. They're selling their food to themselves. Yep. The Indian store, there's all Indian food mm-hmm. in their language. You go into the you know Asian stores, they're, they're all the foods that they like that's culturally relevant to them, and they buy it from their farmers, and they sell it to themselves. Um, another great example is Halal Butchers. Who? Uh, Halal butchers um a lot of the middle eastern uh cultures will not eat uh commercial meat they will only eat grass-fed uh fresh meat and i've watched in my father's neighborhood they put the italian butcher out of business (laughs) they put him out of business because they wow they absolutely positively will not not only will they not buy for him the farmers and the herdsmen will not sell to him. Wow. That's how. And so I, I always try to find groups that I can work with to help my people get to that level of sustainability where we have a food corridor where we are in no way, shape, or form reliant on Europeans to provide us with the freshest quality food. And they, and they don't beat each other over the head either. They really, their prices are extremely reasonable. Extremely reasonable. 
And that's another thing I noticed. They don't take advantage of each other, you know, and price wise. That's that's a uh, wow. That's that's an eye opener. Uh, so we have five minutes left on the call. How do we take this, these constructs, these approaches, and apply them to the holiday season? You just shop, shop. You find the businesses, the boutiques. You know the young ladies. They're they're starting to have courage and open their boutiques. Um, for the holidays, you find those boutiques and you shop with them, and then you create um, sales programs. You know, if if you uh, spend so much with you know these groupers, consumers, you get an extra five you know, coupon or something because people like rewards and that's what, you know, the culture has been geared to. Unfortunately, in order to convince our people to buy from our stores, we're going to have to sell to them the way they're used to. They're Ooh. used to being enticed to go someplace. They used to be, you know, they used to coupons. Look at JC Penney's. The guy came in, he's like, I'm getting rid of these coupons. It costs too much to print them. They're driving us crazy. And their sales tanked to the point that they had to bring back their coupons because it's psychological. The people were not going to JCPenney's the way they used to if they didn't feel like they didn't feel like they were getting a deal, even though it's the same price, mind you. <laughs> it's wow. the same price. But they Are you putting on your credit card? <laughs> because they have these coupons, and so you have you can't think that you're gonna get your people to go into a store and not sell to them in the fashion that they're used to. So they it, they they want that status product. They want that that luxury. You know, everybody want to be fresh. You know what I'm saying? Everyone will feel, you know, that they, they, you know, that they're spending their money and it counts. So you just got to give it to them how they want it. That That's, uh, wow, that was a lot to, that's a lot to chop up. That's a lot to chop up. Huh. Huh. I, I know personally, I guess about four years ago, I made the decision that for Christmas, I was going to buy my gifts from Christian-owned bookstores or Christian-owned stores or stores that were owned by people of African descent. And I've had an interesting time because the gifts that I'm able to purchase are not the same gifts that I'm able to get if I go to Walmart or if I go to, you know, to the mall or something like that. Um, how do we handle that disparity? Is there is there a disparity? Uh, is that a prop? I'm still struggling with that because I know what my children want, <laughs> and I have not been able to find a distributor, a store that provides what my children want that meet those two criteria. That's challenging. I think that's challenging, and we, you know, that's the reality. That's going to be a challenge. And again, we can't do we can't do what we talked about earlier in terms of separation, and you know, not give them 
they live in this day and time. And, and so you have to meet that to a degree. But I think at the same time, we can start incorporating some of the things that we do find in our cultural stores and environments, not like, you know, integrating it along with it. And as time go on and people get older, then they start to gravitate, you know, I think to a more, to a more culture taste. But when these kids are in this world and, and in school and different things like that, I think we do have to be mindful of not making them separate out either to a degree. Okay. We do what we can with what we know. I mean, you know, you, you search for specific things, but if you can't find it in that specific community that you're looking for, then, you know, you're going to go to the next. I mean, like, if I feel like going to a water park, you know, the chances of me finding an indoor water park like Great Wolf Lodge owned by <laughs> a, a big black, black folk, it's just not going to happen. I mean, if that's where I'm going, if that's where I want to go for, you know, I'm going to take them on a mini vacation, then, okay, that's what it is. However, in the process, if I need new bathing suits, I may go to um, my sister down the street that's got something that she could sell me. So, you know, even though I'm going there, I can get something else. I could pick up the other things along the way in my community. All right. Well, Bert, we have a, uh, about 30 seconds left. And our first uh, community call. So uh, you want to end this? I want to thank everybody for participating. I think we shared some gems. And uh, Lady G, you dropped it. <laughs> gangster. Sheena is gangster. Good, I love it. You know what? These ladies put us to shame tonight, fellas. <laughs> no shame here. We're all in this together. Okay. Hey, Bert, you want to take this out? They have the advantage. They have the advantage. They make most of the spending decisions. So. Oh. <laughs> okay.